You're listening to Cloudies with a Chance of Scripture. We're going to start in Genesis 1 today and just move forward. We're not going to hit on every verse in the Bible. We're just going to stop where it seems appropriate to stop. And today, we're just going to cover two verses. Genesis 1, 1 through 2, which says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. All right. Now, the thing that I really want to focus on today, uh, I should say the person I really want to focus on today, is the Spirit of God who's hovering over the face of the waters. Now, that word spirit there in Hebrew is ruah, and that can be interpreted in many different ways. You should be thinking kind of metaphysical in general, okay? So it can be spirit, and if you interpret it interpret it that way, you have to figure out what kind of spirit you're talking about. Is it an evil spirit? Is it the spirit of God? Is it the spirit of a person? Uh, the word spirit can go in a whole lot of different directions in Hebrew. You know, they, they don't have as many words as us. So when you come across the word in Hebrew, translators got to say, okay, so so what kind of spirit are we talking about here? Or they can interpret it other ways, just as English words can be interpreted other ways. It could be a spirit, as we said, or it could be a wind, or it could be a breath. Uh, Wind is actually really interesting to think of it that way, because the way that if you were to interpret uh, a wind hovering over the face of the waters, you would have to interpret it as a like very strong wind, or as you might say, a mighty wind was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, I don't think that is an accurate translation here. Uh, As some scholars note, like the way that this ruah is connected with the other Hebrew words here, it only makes sense for it to be Spirit of God because that's the way that you translate it all the other times throughout the Bible. So I think the Spirit of God hovering over the face of the waters is the right way to think of of this particular ruah, this, this Spirit, the Spirit of God. But it does make you wonder if the the writers of Acts were thinking of it in that light, you know? Like, when they said at Pentecost that a mighty wind entered the building and filled them up, and they ran outside and spoke in tongues uh, with the tongues of fire that were deposited on them, is that mighty wind that filled the building, is, is the author of Acts trying to, like, tell us, hey, in the same way the Spirit of God, that mighty wind, hovered over the face of the waters at the beginning, so that same mighty wind, that same Spirit of God, rushed into our building and filled us up uh, and created something new in us. Like, I think that's an interesting thing to think about. But still, here in Genesis 1-2, you know, they're not thinking of the future Pentecost. I think uh, the best way to, to write here is the Spirit of God's hovering over the face of the waters. Now, that word hovering uh, is not like the greatest word we could ever use uh, but to, to translate into English, but it is a fairly common word we use because it has a lot uh, more supporting evidence. So surrounding cultures had their own languages, and uh, some of the ways, some of the words that they had, which were variants of the word that we get for hovering, uh, we look at those and we say, yeah, hovering here makes sense. But here's what's interesting. When we look at like Syriac, these other languages, here's the way that they would use uh, the word for hovering. They they talk about it has the same root for brooding protectively over a nest or incubating the eggs. 
uh, another language, Ugaritic, they use the same word to speak of vultures circling overhead, apparently waiting to devour scraps of a feast. Uh, that right there is a, a quotation coming from uh, uh, John H. Walton. Uh, but uh, here we have uh, this idea of, of connections to birds. So the Holy Spirit hovers over the face of the waters like a bird, like in other cultures. He's, he's hovering. He's like a bird in the sense that he broods protectively over a nest. He incubates eggs. Uh, he's like a vulture uh, circling overhead. So you have this flying metaphor, this bird metaphor. But I love this idea of incubation because that's, that's similar to what we see the Spirit of God doing here, right? God's hovering over the earth, literally about to say, let there be light, and creating things that, that need to exist. And it's the Spirit of God that's, that's incubating the earth like an egg, right? So you got the earth, this giant ball, if you will. God's sitting on it. The Spirit is sitting on it, waiting to give life, waiting for, for the earth to hatch, if you will. And that's a really cool way to to think of of this story. And part of the reason I want to focus in here on on the Holy Spirit and and the connection to creation is because throughout the Bible we do see the Holy Spirit playing a part in creation, starting right here, right at the very beginning. You know, a lot of people treat the Holy Spirit like he's the weird uncle of the Trinity. He's we don't really bring his name up much. He's it's kind of strange. We don't see him very often. Uh, yet here he is in verse 2 of the entire Bible, brooding over the earth, hovering over the earth, getting ready to give life to it. And yeah, here we see this sense that the Holy Spirit plays a part in creation, giving birth to the world. This is not the only time that we see the Holy Spirit recognized as a, a creator. If we fast forward to Psalm 104, verse 30, uh, we see it say, When you send forth your spirit, they are created. Therefore, this psalmist understood, like, your spirit is a part of the reason that creation still happens. Every time we give birth to someone, your Holy Spirit is, is creating us. Uh, as one scholar notes, the psalmist understands that the original creation and later creations belong to a single continuous process, one that continues even to our day and still involves God's ruah. Remember, that's that Hebrew word for, for spirit. It involves God's spirit. This isn't the only time that we see uh, God still creating, uh, but uh, if we fast forward into the New Testament... We, we find this interesting piece here about Jesus and the resurrection. So Jesus dies, but then is resurrected into a new body, giving us this example of what will happen to us all one day. Just as he was resurrected into a new body, so we will all be resurrected into a new body. Now, we already know that we're kind of living a, a new life right now because at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes and fills up Christians and creates in them uh, a new creation, as the Bible seems to refer to, to what a Christian is. But later, we'll become an even more new creation when the Spirit of God raises us into a resurrected body like Jesus. Uh, Romans 8, 11 says this, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, which, you know, as a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, 
He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Again, that's Romans 8.11. So right there we have this idea that just as the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead into resurrected new life, so the Holy Spirit at the end of time will raise all Christians from the dead into new bodies, into new life. And so we actually see that creation is an important role for the Holy Spirit, not just at the beginning of the Bible, not just in the middle of the Bible, as the psalm talks about him continuing to create, but it also plays a part at the end of time in the same way that the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead, so he'll raise you from the dead. In the same way that the Holy Spirit has made you a new creation by living in you, so he will do that, you know, beginning, middle, uh, the new creation now, and the new creation that's to come. So that's that's kind of our focus of today in this uh, short devotional. When you read the beginning of the Bible, the Holy Spirit's already there, and he's doing amazing things by brooding over the earth and helping God create. And of course, the Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity, so we have to remember the Holy Spirit is God. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they are different, but they're all together the same. And one of the characteristics that plays a part in the role of the Holy Spirit is creating. So keep that in mind as you go throughout your day. Remember, you would not exist unless the Spirit of God had given life to you, the world around you. Uh, The Spirit of God played a part in creating all that. And in the end, Yeah, man, we're fortunate to have the Holy Spirit because when the time comes for resurrected bodies, it is those who have the Holy Spirit living inside of them right now who will give life uh, to us in these new resurrected bodies. So don't downplay the Spirit. Don't treat him like he's not important. Understand, like the theological implications of of what he does is everything to your existence now and everything to your existence later. The Ruah is incredibly important.